everyone has a story, right? And your story may be the only story that leads somebody to his story. That's the way we've been framing it up. And today, uh, we welcome to the stage uh, Bob Solomonson. And I asked Bob if you could have, if you were on the, in the on-deck circle at uh, Kauffman Stadium and you could have any walk-up music, uh, what would it be? And here's what Bob chose. You're going to like this. Bob's taking his time because this is a rockin' song. Everybody needs some organ, right? song is Take Me Back by Andre Crouch, right? And uh, any old school Andre Crouch, yeah, in the, Jesus is the answer for the world today, right? Yes, that's it. So why Andre Crouch? This is, by the way, this is just a a little bit of a get, let's get to know Bob. And that's why we're doing this every week. We sat down with Alain last week and did like a little interview. And we want you to know uh, Bob before he shares his story. So we're just going to sit down and chat a little bit. So why that story or why that music? That was a, uh, a song. Well, Andre Crouch was a popular recording artist. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> a popular recording artist when uh, I really started to begin to grow in my faith. And um, <clears throat> because I was involved in music an awful lot, the church that we attended seemed to kind of lean in that direction to play and to sing some of those same songs. And so this one kind of caught me, and it reminded me of a lot of things that happened to me when I was younger, when I was in college. And um, so it just, it, it, it's always been a, a strong, strong song for me. Good song. I like it. Uh, tell us about your family. Uh, you're married to Jean, and you guys have an important milestone coming up. Tell us about that. Well, I'll be talking about that in a little bit. Oh, but okay. That's okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Jean and I are going to be celebrating our 50th wedding anniversary in May. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and uh, we have two children, grown children, um, that living in the Kansas City area, so... Uh, we get a chance to see them now and then. So, What's the secret to make it to 50? Or are you going to talk about that later? No, I can talk about it right okay. now. Okay, what's the secret? <clears throat> as long as I remember. Jean <laughs> <laughs> um, is my best friend. She has been since I don't know when. We grew up on farms up in North Dakota, about six or seven miles apart. We knew each other from way back when, so um, I don't know, it just, it just happened to click at one time, and uh, she's just uh, always been there. We've been, have a trusting relationship with each other, and has been, have since we've gotten married, so. Uh, what brought you guys to Fort Scott? Because you've been here maybe a couple years, is that about right? Well, a year and a half. A year and a half, over, okay. Yeah, well, a little over a year, yeah. about a year and a half. Um, we, um, Visited Fort Scott, my goodness, about 20 years ago. It was on a Thanksgiving weekend. Um, 
our children were occupied with something with other things, and we weren't able to get together, or pull things together as far as a Thanksgiving weekend was concerned. And so, I just told Jean, I said, you know what? Maybe we should just get out of town. I was teaching; she was awfully busy with things that she was doing, and um, we just thought, get a breath, take a breather. Let's get out of town. Let's find a bed and breakfast someplace and uh, go there for the weekend. And I found the Lions Mansion online, and uh, we made reservations. And uh, great place fact, to stay, right? Yeah. In yeah. fact, I mean, I'm sure the <laughs> number of you who are have been here for a long time know Miss Pat. And I just told her, I said, you know, I like to bake, and so I said I'll supply the pumpkin pie for you for your Thanksgiving dinner. She said, you got it. <clears throat> so I, I baked the pies, and we went down and spent the whole weekend at the uh, bed and breakfast and just had a wonderful time. We got a chance to see what Fort Scott looked like, and it was appealing to us. It was a rather, I shouldn't say small town, but it was smaller than Kansas City, <laughs> larger, than our, larger than the community that we grew up in, which was about 2,000 people. So... Um, but it, it just had a nice feel to it. So we kind of remembered that over the years, and we were, we're here. You alluded in your story to uh, being a teacher. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. That was your career, right? And uh, was Jean a teacher too? No. 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 Don't ever ask her about teaching. <laughs> 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 she, she tried that our first year as being helping out with elementary teaching music. She said, don't ever, ever bother me with that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll take care of my two, that's fine. So, but uh, yeah, that's, I've been music teacher most of my life. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. A good part of my life, and then I've taught special ed too for a number of years, so. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned music. So not only are you a teacher, but you're a music teacher specifically. Uh, anything that drew you into music and uh, that path? Oh, yeah. Our family has always been involved in music. <clears throat> I come from a pretty large family, and I'll allude to that too. But um, we, uh, were all, we were all involved. Whether we went to a country church when we started out um, doing that, just driving to a little country church and and uh, getting up in front of the church and singing well, as a family, whatever it might be, um, and then in a larger church in our community that we were, everybody was in choir. We were all in choir. In fact, there were some Sundays that it was just our family that sang in the choir because of a snowstorm or something like that, but we made it. We always made it to church. Um, that was important, and so it's just, it's always been there. It's always On those been. Sundays that it was just the Solomonsons, how many of their, were, how well, many? Sometimes the, the choir wasn't very big, probably about eight, maybe, yeah, maybe eight or nine of us who would sing. We'd make a, an octet out of it, so <laughs> it worked. <laughs> and your, fam your family was big, so were there, were there eight or nine of you, of Solomonsons? There were 11 of us children. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, along with mom and dad, who also sang. So, um, I mean, so it, 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 it made quite a crowd. Where did you fall in the 11? Fourth. Fourth. I was fourth, yep. We had a tremendous football and softball team. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
music is, uh, has been the heartbeat of your life. Uh, tell us the instruments you play. You, uh, those of you who were um, uh, observant during communion uh, saw Bob down here, and these are vibraphones. I get asked that all the time. What, what is he playing up there? And well, it's a, it, it looks like what you would call a xylophone or a marimba, but it has <clears throat> metal bars to play instead of wood. And those metal bars make a little bit brighter sound. But the, um, <clears throat> there are not, called oscillators that move the air flow once the sound is made. And so that causes the vibration sound. Wonderful. So, what, we'll what, do it again sometime. What other uh, instruments would you uh, profess to being you know, I was a percussionist on. in college, so short of, short of getting a full set of timpani, I had almost all the other percussion instruments. Um, drum set, <clears throat> I had long hair and played in a rock band when I was in college. <laughs> all right. I <laughs> what, what kind of, what, what music were we playing in college in the rock band? Oh, boy. Wild Thing. There you go. Is that the Trogs, right? The Trogs. Yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Surfer Bird. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know. There were a number of, yeah. They were pretty rocky at that time, I guess. It, it wouldn't quite qualify as metal, but it was, uh, we, had a lot of, we had a lot of fun doing that. But I, being a music teacher and studying for, to be a teacher, <clears throat> band and choir, um, I studied all the band instruments, and so I am familiar with how to play all of them. The only one that I think I would probably turn and walk away from would be a harp. <laughs> but I plan on doing that someday when I go to eternity. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, we have a picture here, um, and this is yet another instrument uh, and a uniform to go with it. Uh, so tell us about... What's going on in this picture? This is a picture of me playing taps um, for a military service. <clears throat> I belong to Bugles Across America, which is a volunteer program of supplying live music for uh, veterans memorial services um, rather than um, recorded. So I travel whenever I'm called to go to a service, whether it be Oklahoma, Arkansas, Missouri, Kansas, whatever it might be. And the uniform I'm wearing <clears throat> is a, doesn't, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be that uniform to wear, but that is the uniform of an enlisted infantry, or union enlisted infantry musician uniform. So... Um, but that, that little patch on the side says Bugles Across America, duty, honor, country. Is the uniform, um, what era is it from? Civil War. Civil War, mm -hmm. yeah. That, that's, it looks like that. That is, that is really great. Um, all right, Bob, we're going to have a little fun. And uh, this week's fun is, uh, we did movie quotes last week, we're not going to do that this week, but we are going to put, throw some scripture on the screen. And here's the deal, we have hidden some of the words behind emojis. You, uh, we have texted a lot, and you are very familiar with emojis. 
but you did say, I really don't like emojis. <laughs> right? I really did say that. <laughs> <laughs> Any reason? Just, I, I, I'm putting you on the spot. Um, <clears throat> okay, you, want, you put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> At my age, if you can't say it in words, it's not worth saying. Okay, all right, okay. <laughs> so we're going to get rid of the, the goal is to get rid of the emojis okay. and, and actually get to the words, which is, I think, your, your point there. So we're going to throw a scripture up here. This is First Peter 1, 3, and you're probably going to have to look at these screens. Um, and uh, uh, the people out there, you're going to struggle seeing, we're sorry about that, but um, so... Here's what we need to do. We just need to, to find the real word that goes, uh, you know, that the, is hidden behind the emoji. So, um, there. I got the four. Four. Therefore. Yes, wonderful. Therefore. <laughs> with, what do you think? Got a person who's kind of in thought, yeah. I think. Therefore, with. I got nothing. Want to help him? <laughs> Anybody? Oh, minds. Yes. <laughs> therefore, <laughs> therefore, with minds that are are. This one can be tricky. I think if you could think um, uh, somebody having a device around their neck so that they could call somebody, like a medical. Alert. Alert, yes. Therefore, with minds that are alert and... There's a hundred, but... Totally, fully, fully, yes, totally, fully. Silver, set your hope. I'm just going to go with on. On? On, yeah. Set your hope on the older woman. <laughs> what might her name be? The older woman, white hair. We have a lot of oh. grace. Awesome. I've got a granddaughter named Grace. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should have put a, a younger, younger lady. Uh, set your hope on the grace... To be brought. To be. To. Yes. To be brought. To be brought. To. To. I'm going to do this. You. You. When. Yeah. To be brought to you when. We've got a fish, right? Uh, this might be tough. Set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when. Jesus, uh, the Jesus symbol, right? Of course. A fish, of course. Uh, to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Let's read it all together. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. That is uh, why we're here, right? To remind ourselves of that. Thank you for playing along with the emojis. appreciate that. And would you uh, take a moment, would you stand and would you welcome everybody around you and would you share with them your favorite emoji, okay? Your favorite emoji, the one you use all the time. 
Today I will be reading Jeremiah 33, 1 through 3. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time, while he was still shut up in the court of the guard. Thus says the Lord, who hath who made the earth, the Lord who formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. Call to me, and I will answer you, and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. This is God's word. I decided to... Uh or asked if I could get down here on the floor because sometimes I have a tendency to wander and I didn't want to fall off the stage. Not really. But. <clears throat> I'm the fourth in a family of 11 children. I've never been much of a talker and so this is not really the most comfortable situation where I find myself. But I'm more of a listener and that's not a reflection on my wife Jean. In a family of 11 children, sometimes it can be hard to get a word in edgewise. So I became a listener rather than a talker. I grew up on a small family farm in North Dakota, where probably my only fear was missing the bus in the morning or missing the bus to get home in the afternoon. My mother was a spiritual leader. She... Uh, in the home, she taught Sunday school at church, sang solos, and uh, there are times if I ever hear the song, The Holy City, I get tears in my eyes. and can't, I, it's hard to take. That was her favorite solo. Dad was what I would call a quiet Christian. He had a strong faith, and he considered it a private matter, <clears throat> except when Billy Graham came on TV. I don't know how many times I heard my dad say, if you want to hear something good, listen to him. Our family was active in church activities. We sang in church choir, children's choir before that, playing parts in the Christmas, Christmas nativity. I was a, probably more often than not, I was a shepherd because I was a little bit taller and I could hold one of those staffs. We were in, often active in Sunday school, youth group, and such. Mom made sure that we memorized our Bible verses for the week. And I took it from there and even a little bit further and memorized church hymn verses because that, that was just important and I enjoyed singing them to myself and, and uh, reciting them. Prayer life at our house consisted of uh, one of us saying a table grace or table prayer and probably praying before we went to sleep, if I remembered. Music was important to me. As a young kid, I used to lie on the living room floor in front of what was called a phonograph. How many know what a phonograph was? Not a whole lot, but some. <laughs> Played long playing records. I listened to symphony orchestras for hours. I just loved to listen to music. My two favorite subjects in high school were band and choir. Anything beyond that and lunch was <laughs> probably secondary. One year during high school, <clears throat> I was chosen to um, play in the national band at the Future Farmers of America convention in Kansas City. God was giving me a taste of things to come. 
I graduated from high school and the following fall I began pursuing a degree in music education. I was quite active in music from the start and I found myself with that activity less and less involved in spiritual things until the middle of my junior year. It was sometime in February of 1968, I believe, that I was sitting watching TV alone in an apartment that I shared with three other guys. They were gone. I turned on the TV. Don't you know it? A Billy Graham crusade was on. I remember my dad saying, if you want to hear something good, and it's good for you, watch this guy. I became glued to the set and he was giving, that he was giving the message and he, of course, at the end, gave a salvation message and an invitation. And at that point, right in front of the TV set, I invited Christ to come into my heart. I wasn't quite sure what had happened, but I knew one thing, that I really felt like there was a burden lifted off of me. It was kind of an exhilarating feeling. It was just like everything was released. It was about that very same special time in my life that something happened to me. I found a best friend who became my soulmate and has been the love of my life ever since. Gene and I are going to be celebrating 50 years in May and we're looking forward to the years beyond that. Gene is a pianist and she assisted me in my senior music recital. And since then we've been making beautiful music together. I earned my degree and began my career as a music teacher in a very small community. I mean, very small. I went into that job with all the confidence and brash enthusiasm of a graduate, fresh out of school, ready to take on the world. I knew that job had my name on it, and I was going to make it the best. <clears throat> well, that year, the school went through some real turmoil, including the turnover of three administrators, and I became frustrated with the disruption and the chaos that was going on in the school. We also became aware that Gene and I were going to become parents. Have you ever watched at home, whether you live at home, on a farm, in town, and if you have cats or dogs or something like that, if an animal sees a problem with one of their babies, that animal will pick up the baby and take it to a safe place. Well, this is kind of the thing that happened to me. The Lord saw my predicament, I called on him, and he picked me up and carried me to another place. That's basically what happened then and continued to happen whenever things like that happen. <clears throat> I did learn something from the experience, though, that God has a plan. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. I carry that with me on my key fob all the time. It's imprinted on this little piece that I carry wherever I go. So I can refer to that, say, Lord, it's your plan, it's not mine. He picked us up from our disappointment. He took me to another place. <clears throat> so I know that in knowing that, he has his hands on me.
but I needed to remember that. That was going to be the hard part. We moved out of state to a much larger community with greater opportunities but farther away from family. It seemed like a more stable situation. I was thankful, and in essence, I was thankful to God and said, thanks, Lord, I've got it from here. My job was great. We had an active church. Gene began to develop a personal relationship with Jesus, and our son was born. Soon after, we applied for adoption. That was our plan after we had scrapped the possibility of having five to seven children. About 16 months after Brad was born, we got a call from the adoption agency to come and get our daughter, Marcy. At that time also, the school began having major financial difficulties because of an economic downturn and cutbacks in the school were about to happen. This, coupled with some medical challenges back home from, with parents, caused us to consider moving back closer to family again. It was more difficult this time because we had become more rooted in the community. But the Lord picked us up moved us to a more secure place. Now, somewhat closer to our family and there being four of us, we really needed stability, and we found it. I liked my job at school. We bought our first house, and we created some of the most gosh-awful color schemes that house had ever seen. <laughs> Inside and out. I was becoming more confident in my faith, and I was even asked by the pastor if I would fill in for him on a couple of vacation times that he took. We gained many friends through church, school, community, gatherings, and felt that God really had us placed there for a purpose. It was a community dominated by about 90% Catholic people. And Jean began leading Bible studies with some, many of those ladies, and um, she had the priest's blessing. The opportunity to take a huge step up came as I was offered a position to teach in a very large parochial school just minutes away from where we lived. And rather than drive back and forth because it wasn't that far away, we decided to uproot and move to the city to take on that work. So we sold our colorful house and moved to a nearby city. God didn't stand in our way. We found a new home. We had a great church, church family, new friends, and spiritually began growing like we never had before. The area began to experience some tremendous growth with oil exploration and all the businesses that went along with it. It was at this time that I made one of the most daring and impulse-driven decisions of my entire life. I left the teaching field and became a general contractor building homes and selling real estate. I had some carpenter experience from my dad and I was flying by the seat of my pants, basically. The more it stretched, the more I stretched myself and my business, the more treacherous things became about as quickly as the oil boom 
came, it began to fade. Interest rates began to skyrocket. The housing market collapsed. Homes weren't selling. The job market dried up. And many businesses folded. I lost everything, including our home. I was really in a state of despair, and I cried out to God. He heard me, and in his still, small voice, I heard him tell me, quit trying to do things without me. He said that I have a family to care for, and I needed to trust him. Those words were just about as plain as if they were spoken out loud. Jean was active in a non-denominational women's ministry and heard that there was a need for workers at their headquarters in Kansas City. I applied and was offered the position through God's mercy. He picked us up and my family and he carried us to a more secure place. It was a very modest life that we lived and I began taking some classes at a local Bible college. I was okay, Jean was okay, but the move was beginning to work on our kids. And I knew that continuing to work in that environment was going to be difficult for them. I accepted a teaching job a little bit later at a Christian school and thought, now our kids are gonna be happy, dad's teaching again, and everything is gonna be fine. That's what I thought. I felt that we were definitely in God's plan. I had a secure job. I enjoyed it. The support from Christian friends and school colleagues was good. But all was not healthy with the ones that I really loved. By this time, our kids were in junior high and high school. One of them openly rebelled. We dealt with run away, run away from school, run away from home. Substance abuse, defiance of house rules, rescue from potentially dangerous, possibly even deadly harmful situations, and eventual physical assault in the very worst of ways. Life was a constant worry, painful, and at times we felt distanced from God. Now, I know that When you're distanced from God, that means only one thing. God has not moved away. We did. We beat ourselves up. We blamed ourselves for the failures. And then we were ostracized by the church that we loved. Because we didn't have control of our kids. You might have heard the term, they shoot, they're wounded. (laughs) That's probably what happened. Lesson learned, God is good, lean on him, talk to him. He always wants you to trust him in every decision and situation. Well, skip forward a few, number of years, our kids are still alive. <laughs> and on their, in their own way, they're doing well. Both are, to quote one of them, good with Jesus, and that makes us happy. I went back to school. I earned a degree in special ed with emphasis on emotional disturbance and behavior disordered children. 
and I taught in the greater Kansas City area, greater Kansas City area for over 20 years. I also spent time at Lansing Correctional Facility teaching. <laughs> Gene and I also had a music studio in our home where we often saw upwards of 50 to 60 students per week along with my day job of teaching. During this time, I noticed some changes physically and upon examination, the doctor told me that I had cancer. It was localized and he caught it early and today I can say that I'm cancer free. Did I pray about all the decisions that I made? Without question. Did I wait for God to give me an answer? In some cases, I don't think so. Or if he did, I didn't listen because the human urge to explore new territory was pretty strong. The fact of the matter is, God loves me and he never left me. I know he's looking out for me in spite of the things I've done without his blessing, but I've learned to do as it says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will direct your paths. Through teaching position changes, traumatic family situations, and some threatening medical issues, and yes, some real bonehead decisions, I've always been picked up and carried to a safe place, secure, where I can regroup. So that's why I chose the song that you heard when I walked up. Take me back, take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I first received you. Take me back, take me back, dear Lord, where I first believed. There comes a time to collect your thoughts and relive beautiful experiences and sit back and enjoy the blessings that God has given you. Gene and I thought that we were going to retire in the sunny, warm climate of San Antonio, Texas. And that was in 2015. So we moved out there. We found out that we're Midwesterners, we're not Southwesterners, and it took almost two years, but God finally got a hold of me and said, I've got a better place for you. And so he picked us up and tenderly placed us right here in Fort Scott. Our next stop is probably going to be at a funeral home. <laughs> but until then, as it says in Psalm 37, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself with the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he will bring it to pass. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. And wait on the Lord and keep his way and he will lift you up to inherit the land. Are you in a place right now, whether physically, emotionally, or spiritually, you need to have God come up alongside you, pick you up, and carry you back to the safe security of his loving arms? Remember, 
Remember the special exciting time that you had when you accepted Christ as your Savior. The exhilarating feeling of having that burden lifted off of you. If you have been there and you understand that feeling, you can do that. If you haven't, you still can. And if you haven't experienced that feeling, you can do it today. Thank you. Maybe uh, today you are somebody who needs picked up and brought back to that place of peace and safety and love and life. And that's why we have an invitation time every week. And so I'd like you to stand. And we're going to sing a song. And we're going to give you an opportunity if that's your decision today. Maybe some of you, for the very first time, need to say, you know what, I've never... I've never accepted Jesus Christ into my life. I've never said, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. I've, I've not been baptized. I've not turned my life over to Him. And uh, He desperately wants to pick you up and take you to that place of safety and life today. Would you consider making that decision for the very first time as we sing? Father, we thank you for the life that is in Jesus. I thank you for Bob and his story and that his story is going to resonate with someone. His story is going to do something in the hearts of someone. And Father, would your Holy Spirit work in this place through his story that leads people to the story of Jesus, our Savior and our Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Let's sing.